Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. This week, folks, is our spring fundraising week. We are going to take all this week and make an appeal. Our phone lines are open. We've got staff here to take your calls. Our goal, of course, is to raise $15,000. This is part of our annual budget. And the truth to be told, we have not been hitting our goals, and our ministry has had to make some very critical, hard decisions there to try to keep things rolling here. I'm hoping and praying that this year, this season, will break through and actually reach our goal of $15,000 in this week. And so would you please write down this phone number and please consider helping us with a one-time gift to reach our goal of $15,000. Now, if you're in Canada, we do accept Canadian funds. We can do that uh, through a bank card or a check. Of course, here in the United States, you can give over the phone. Another way, folks, uh, either Canada or wherever in the world you're listening to us there, you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. Click on the donate page. It will take you to a secure page where you can uh, set up a gift. The number to call is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. And you can give by check. Give us a call. We'll be glad to give you the address. I don't want to take our time on the air to go uh, go through that, and we'll be glad to uh, give that information to you. Or you can give online at fortressoffaith.com. All right, this week too, we're we're getting close to Easter. We're getting close to the Passover. It's the same time uh, when Jesus was crucified. He was crucified on the week of the Passover. Again, this was part of the Old Testament plan, all the way God's uh, design to show uh, redemption and uh, through the atonement of blood. We had that the uh, children of Israel were saved by faith in the blood, by putting the blood of the lamb over their doorpost to signify their belief. If the blood was there, they were spared judgment. There was salvation for them. So if they trusted in the blood, they would be saved. And again, that's for us here today in the New Testament through Jesus Christ, who was the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And if you believe in that blood that Jesus shed on the cross, their salvation. This took place at, at uh, Passover time. And so as we're coming into this season and getting ready for Easter, the day of resurrection, which is just uh, you know less than two weeks away now, I want to spend this week while we're doing our appeal for our fundraising campaign to give you the Christian apologetic arguments dealing with those who oppose the teaching of the resurrection. There's a lot of theories out there, efforts to try to say, oh, the resurrection didn't occur, Jesus wasn't crucified. We're going to kind of take a closer look on the resurrection this week. In the Bible, we're told to have a defense, to be ready uh, to, to give an answer to every man that asketh us the reason of the hope that is in us with meekness and in fear. That comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And that word, to give an answer, is the word apologia, which is where we get the word apologetics. 
That's to give an answer, to give a defense. Philippians chapter 1, verse 7, Paul said, I am set for the defense of the gospel. In Acts chapter 22, verse 1, Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. So the word apologia is to give an argument, a defense, an answer for the doctrines and for the truth that you believe in. We have another word, kind of similar in the function there of apology, of, a, of giving a defense. It's epagonizomai, and that comes from Jude chapter 1. I exhort you that ye should earnestly contend, epagonizomai, to agonize over this, for the faith, to earnestly contend for the faith. So you and I, as brothers and sisters of Christ, we have a job. When error, when false teaching shows up, we ought to give a defense for the truth, to earnestly contend for it and to speak forth truth and condemn false teaching. Now, since the beginning of time, since the beginning, since the resurrection had occurred, there were efforts to try to sway the masses not to believe that Jesus actually rose from the grave, that a dead man came back to life. That is something they did not want to happen. And efforts were made to try to discredit, debunk, and refute any teaching on the resurrection. And this was something that was feared. And when Jesus had resurrected from the grave, in Matthew chapter 28, we find what they did to try to cover it up. The fact checkers fact show up, and they're trying to say, no, this really didn't happen. Here's what happened. So they're going to give you their version of, of what happened so you don't believe the truth. Verse 11, some of the watch came into the city. These are the people that, the men that were guarding the tomb. And they came into the city and showed themselves unto the chief priest. So they've come to the religious leaders and showed unto them all the things that were done. Verse 12, and when they were assembled with the elders, so they brought in the big hitters here, the elders, the chief priests, the religious leaders are all together here and had taken counsel they gave large money unto the soldiers. So these soldiers that were set to the task to keep watch and look after the tomb, they were afraid that, well, you know, what, what, what if uh, the disciples come and, and break in there and rob the body of Jesus Christ? Well, we're going to set soldiers there to make sure this doesn't happen. When the resurrection did occur, and they're left with, what do we do? And here's their plan. They paid off the soldiers. They bribed them. And verse 13 saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. Soldier sleeping? (laughs) Uh, Don't you get into trouble for that? Yes, that's a death penalty for not doing your job as a soldier. Verse 14, and if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. Don't worry, we're going to cut, you know, we're going to make it right with the authorities. And, And so they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. And so efforts from the very beginning to try to sell a different story, the fact checkers showed up and they're going to tell a different story of what happened to sell the lie, the propaganda, and it's still going on today. There's a popular theory that has grown, and it's called the swoon theory. The swoon theory. Now, this is a growing Uh, growing very popular amongst the Muslim population, the young Muslim population, and the young American and um, uh, the humanist and so on there. 
the popular amongst the millennials. And some things that's kind of bred this idea is a fictional movie that was written by Dan Brown called The Da Vinci Code. You've probably seen the movie. Who is it? Uh, Tom Hanks uh, starred in it there, a, a blockbuster movie. I think they've had two uh, follow-ups on these movies and so on there. And many books that Dan Brown wrote. Uh, and the idea is this, is that Jesus really didn't die. He swooned in, uh, you know, he fainted. He collapsed when he was on the cross. He um, fell in a coma. And uh, they mistook that as being dead. They took him down from the cross, put him in the cool tomb. And while in there, his body was refreshed. He came back into consciousness and ran away, took with him um, Mary Magdalene, married her, and had children. And, you know, the idea of this uh, Da Vinci Code and the Holy Grail isn't, you know, this cup of the blood of Jesus Christ. No, the Holy Grail is the bloodline of Jesus Christ and the children, the offspring of Christ that's gone through the generations there. And by the way, let me digress for a moment. Uh, I was reading a little bit more about Dan Brown in his testimony. Listen to this. This is kind of interesting. He says, I was raised in an Episcopalian, and I was a very religious kid. Then in the ninth, eighth and ninth grade, I studied astronomy, cos- cosmology, and the origins of the universe. And I remember saying to a minister, I don't get it. I read a book that said that uh, there was an explosion known as the Big Bang. And here it says God created heaven and earth and the animals in seven days, which is right. Unfortunately, the response I got, and get this, nice boys don't ask that question. Wow. That's what the preacher told him? You know, nice boys don't ask questions like that. And, uh, and a light went off, he said, and I said, the Bible doesn't make sense. Science makes much more sense to me. And, and I just gravitated away from religion. Isn't that sad? I mean, that just makes me mad, to tell you the truth, uh, that, um, that a preacher failed in his job. What a great opportunity to show them the, the, the beauty and the harmony of creation and, uh, and how all that works and, and stuff. But, uh, oh, man, get me, off, uh, uh, get me on another rant here. Uh, but let me go on to say this. He says, the irony is that I've come full circle. The more science I studied, the more I saw that physics becomes metaphysics and numbers become imaginary numbers. And the further you go into science, the mushier the ground gets. You start to say, oh, there is an order and a spiritual aspect to science. So fortunately, uh, after looking deeper into science, realized there's answers not there and it's leading them back to God. Whether he's a saved person or not, um, that's... Um, hard to say. But the point that I want to make is this, and I got to uh, quickly get to this before our time runs out. There was fear. The Bible makes it very clear in Matthew chapter 27. So Matthew chapter 28, we find that the Lord did resurrect and they sold this lie. But in verse in chapter 27, they were afraid that, well, what if Jesus does resurrect? You know, he promised he would. We've got to stop this from happening. We need to set guards at this. So let's read this in Matthew chapter 27, verse 57. It says, when, when the even was come, 
there was a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, uh, who himself was, a, was Jesus' disciple. And he went to Pilate and begged for the body of Jesus, and Pilate commanded that the body be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean, in clean linen and laid it in his own new tomb, which had been hewn out of rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. So this huge, great stone is placed in there. Now, if Jesus is on the inside and he comes to, you know, if the story is, you know, like they tell us, like they want us to believe, that he swooned and, uh, and he came to, how did he get out? There's a great stone there. Let's continue. This isn't, this isn't over yet. And there was Mary Magdalene and, and Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. And the next day, that followed the day of the preparation of the chief priests. The Pharisees came together unto Pilate. And so here's the chief priests and the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They come to the Roman master Pilate, and he says, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, ye have a watch. Go, go your way and make it as sure as you can. So here's my point, folks. They said they don't want the, you know, the disciples to come and steal him away. So they made sure it couldn't happen. So what did they do? Verse 66. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone. Not only is there a great stone there, now it's sealed and setting a watch. So guards were put there in place so that no way could Jesus get out. Even his disciples couldn't get in to try to steal him away if he was dead. And my question is, if the swoon theory is, how do you answer that? How do you answer Jesus getting out? There's a whole lot more that we're going to still get into on this subject, but we'll cover that in tomorrow. Again, would you help us reach our goal this week? $15,000. The number to call is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. God bless you.